This is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. From the Dealer News Today headquarters, here's your host, Dave Canton with Andrew Cherkasky. Dave, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing well today, Andy. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. It's uh, our first show of the week. We're at a distance again. Uh, what's, what's the good news? You know, here's the good news, okay? You know, we have these shows set for 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every day. And I got to tell you, I have not stopped for the first six hours of the day today just in time to hop and record this show. Uh, it's busy. I got to tell you, I'm speaking to dealers in Texas that are telling me that they're they're just about almost back at some level of complete normalcy. I'm speaking to dealers in Florida that are telling me that they're 80% plus. You know, then the unfortunate is I speak to dealers in the tri-state, New York, New Jersey, and they're still probably about 50%. So it really depends upon where you are, you know, you know where you are in the country based on how business is back. Yeah, I think people are getting a, a sense of what their risk is, what their local area is, and they're just making decisions that uh, largely show that they're willing and desiring to return back to normal life. So certainly understand that. It is, I, I mean, what's tragic is what happened in New York, New Jersey, that whole tri-state area. So many people lost their lives. It just devastated so quickly such a, a huge area that I think we're all very uh, tentative to go back out in public, to start shopping. Shopping, et cetera. You know, Andy, at the end of the day, the economy needed to be reopened. But here's the positive. We're seeing, a, you know, it's, 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 it's happening. Bars are opening. Restaurants are opening. Salons are opening. You know, you know, gyms are opening. And the numbers really aren't skyrocketing, at least the numbers are reporting. So at the end of the day, I feel like, OK, good. We're getting back to what needs to happen. You know, it's been eight weeks I'm hoping within the next eight weeks, we're back. And that's really the good thing. And here's the, here's the awesome thing. I'm speaking to dealers that are literally excited. I hear the, I hear the passion in their voice. You know, it feels like, it feels like they lost it a little bit, but now they got it back. Here's what's interesting, Andy, the automotive industry, we've been talking about how great it is, right? Think about this. What industry could sustain almost a 90% loss in four weeks, so think about the last two weeks of March, the first two weeks of April, the industry went down almost 90%. And now we're hearing it's back, maybe down 10 or 20%. What industry could do that over, over a four-week course? It's absolutely amazing. You know, Dave, I, I've got more questions about why you are so optimistic about the automotive industry. But first, a word from our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by DCG Capital. DCG Capital's lender relationships can provide new car dealers with working capital loans, floor plan financing, mortgage loans, and other reduced interest rate financing at historically low rates. Contact DCG Capital at DaveCantonGroup.com. You know, Dave, your, your perspective is on two fronts. One, you have your contact that's pretty constant with many dealers across the nation just on what's going on in their day-in, day-out business. And then on the other side, obviously, as the CEO of DCG Acquisitions, you have a really good pulse on the number of listings, the interest in potential buyers, and kind of the the bigger uh, movements that, that leaders and principles are making in the industry. Are you seeing an increase of business on both sides? And what does it tell you to the extent that you are? 
you know, look, here's what we're seeing. Okay. We're seeing that dealers are focusing on their business first, which obviously is the obvious. I mean, it's, 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 it's the, it's what's expected. You know, you know, these dealers are leading uh, their teams uh, through this crisis and they're no longer, they're no longer sitting there considering what happened during the pandemic. Their focus has now changed. And it changed to post-COVID-19. It changed to how are we going to get back to business? Not what happened, but let's get back to business. And we were living in a small window, Andy, where it was just negativity. Everyone was just talking about the loss, the loss, the no sales, the, the closing of showrooms. That's gone. That's the, Those conversations are gone weeks ago. Now, the focus of our, of our automotive dealers today are the future getting the industry back to as what we know it to be. And that's the greatest industry there is in the U.S. And that's what I'm hearing on the acquisition front. Yeah, we're busy. I mean, look, you know, DCG acquisitions is not representing any distressed clients today. I think that has a good part to do with the PPP program that has saved a lot of smaller dealers out there from having to, to fall into a distressed situation. But on top of that, you know, we work with succession planning, first time ever offered for sale acquisitions, dealers that have, that are considering their exit strategy. And a lot of our exit strategies are planned from a year to five to 10 years out. So a lot of clients that we're working with today, Andy, are clients that we've been working with for the past six months, a year, possibly two to five years. So we're busy. Uh, everyone's attitude is positive and everyone just wants to work. Regardless of what you're working on, people are excited to work. Yeah, I'm really interested that there aren't distressed uh, sellers out there right now. That's a good sign. Uh, hopefully that continues in the months to come. We'll see. Uh, certainly something I want more information on as time goes by. Tell us who our guest is today. Andy, we have another exciting guest today on today. Just, you know, look, you know, you know, you say it best all the time. Our lineup is always incredible. Today we have Ben Keating from Keating Automotive Group in Texas. You know, Ben is just filled with motivation and, you know, one of the most resilient individuals that I know. Uh, I think he's on the call now. Let's bring him in. Ladies and gentlemen, with us this afternoon, we have Ben Keating from Keating Automotive Group. Ben, good afternoon, and how are you today? I'm doing great, Dave. Excited to be on the call. It's great to hear your voice, Ben, and thank you so much for hopping on to the call. Ben, we know that you have uh, quite a number of dealerships out in Texas, and we know the Texas governor has been pushing really hard to get the state open, get the economy back to booming as it always is in Texas. Tell us what's going on. Well, uh, I'll say that I am extremely grateful to be in Texas. Uh, Texas is a really good car market uh, in general. Uh, and I'm very grateful that we have been considered essential uh, businesses, which allows us to stay open. Uh, I don't know what I would do. Uh, it'd be a totally different situation if I were required to close. Uh, and, you know, it, obviously, you know, a big chunk of the United States has been allowed to stay open. Um, and that's mean, that means different things for different people. Uh, but uh, we have adapted pretty well uh, and uh, uh, have, have been able to make, make some lemonade out of some sour lemons. 
<laughs> I like that a lot. You know, Ben, the last two months have been uh, trying for so many people, so much tragedy around the country. But in, in the name of business, we've seen so much uh, from New Jersey, from Pennsylvania being totally shut down. Obviously, Texas has had a, a different approach to it. What are some of the highs and lows that you've had over the last two months? Well, it's, it's interesting, uh, in that, uh, you know, I've got, uh, I've got about 1500 employees across all of our stores, uh, and, you know, knock on wood. Yeah. I, I uh, out of all of our employees, we have had zero confirmed cases, uh, which is a, a real blessing, uh, that has enabled us to be, uh, uh, a little bit more uh, uh, gives us a little bit more freedom uh, in how we handle the business during the shelter-in-place lockdown. Uh, you know, it was really scary at the very beginning uh, uh, because our traffic just completely fell off a cliff. You know, uh, we went from March being one of our biggest months of the year uh, to. Uh, uh, to, to being a disaster, to having, you know, nobody coming into the showroom and not really knowing what this was going to look like. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of panicking going on out there. And that was probably the scariest moment, you know, uh, uh, the, I have a Toyota store uh, right next to my office here, Toyota Victoria, we were featured in the uh, newspaper and in the news because one of the very first confirmed cases in Victoria, they went to him and said, Hey, where have you been? And he just said, well, I just got my oil changed at Toyota Victoria. And so, you know, uh, all the news outlets said, you know, if you, if you've been at Toyota Victoria in the last week, then you might've been exposed. Uh, and uh, it's been amazing to watch what has happened uh, in that, even though our traffic in the store is way less than it ever has been before, people are still spending money. Uh, it's been pretty amazing to see, you know, uh, kind of the, the retail public's uh, reaction to the whole thing. Uh, and, you know, it's been interesting to watch the way our people have responded to, you know, being on the news of, you know, we had a lot of people when we were on the news saying that we had a confirmed case in our store. Uh, a, a lot of people were expecting us. You know, we had the uh, the the uh, expectation from the retail public that we should have shut down, and we didn't. Uh, uh, but what it did cause us to do is that we had to figure out, okay, you know, how are we going to react to this situation uh, uh, in a way that's respectful of our customers and respectful of our employees? Uh, and uh, how are we going to respond in a way that's going to make everybody feel safe doing business with us? Uh, and that's what we did. It, it, it turned out to be a good thing. You know, Ben, I am so happy to hear that out of 1,500 plus employees, there has not been a confirmed case that is incredible. And it's just, it's so different hearing uh, from, from story from region to region. Absolutely inspiring, especially in the Mid-South. You know, look, I, we know how large your auto group is, right? Over a billion dollars in revenue. A lot of what you're saying and, and, and the panic is probably the greatest concern we're hearing from dealers, 
all around the country. Leadership is such a key component towards getting your teams through this crisis and any crisis. Obviously, you have done an incredible job of leading your dealerships and your teams. Tell us one thing, one thing that you did to help lead your executives, your management, and your teams through this crisis that got you to, that got you to the position of where you are today. Well, uh, that that is easy, and I would uh, I would re, uh, respond uh, kind of similarly to what you just said. Uh, you know, I remember back when you know for for us in Texas. Uh, you know, the, the great recession, uh, of, you know, 08, 09, 2010, it started for us long before, uh, uh, the mortgage, you know, uh, crisis, you know, long before wall street fell apart because, you know, the price of oil got up to where it was four to $5 a gallon. And for us, you know, 55% of our overall volume was, you know, pickup trucks, uh, not just, not just trucks, not just SUVs, but actual, uh, truck trucks. Uh, and, you know, our big SUV and big truck business got cut in half, uh, which meant that uh, you know, our business, you know, I had, you know, I had a 10 month supply of super duty or heavy duty trucks out there and nobody wanted to buy them because the price of oil was so high. Uh, and I remember panicking back then, uh, and realizing, you know, I, I can't give this inventory back to the manufacturer. You know, I, I, I basically, I did a flow chart trying to figure out what in the world are we going to do about it? And I came to the realization that the only thing I can do is retail out of my problem. Uh, I can't stick my head in the sand and act like, you know, the world's not falling apart around me. Uh, and that is, uh, I was able to lean on that experience from 08 uh, uh, here. Uh, and, you know, as you know, I've got 19 different GMs, so they're all going to respond differently. Uh, and the main thing I had to do, uh, was to help them, you know, come to that same realization of, you know, uh, yes, there is a crisis going on. Yes, there is a pandemic. Uh, but, uh, we can't stick our head in the sand and act like, uh, uh it's not going on. We have to respond accordingly, uh, which requires, your leadership, the fact that your customers and your employees are freaking out about it, uh, uh, you know, that requires your leadership and you have to lead them through the valley of death uh, uh, to get to the other side. Uh, and, uh, you know, I spent most of my, try my time trying to help them get there, you know, it, try to keep a level head, you know, not react to, uh, the drama of the media, you know, not react to the panic of the, you know, uh, the, the 10%, you know, not try to, you know, uh, I don't want any of my guys becoming a doomsday prepper, uh, you know, where we're uh, you know, shutting down and sending everybody home. 
uh, you know, I want to react with uh, on reality. I want to react with rational decisions, uh, and I want to lead our people through, you know, the valley of death into the promised land. Man, absolutely incredible. I want to switch gears for a moment, okay? We all know what a competitor you are, and none of this surprises me on how well you've led your team to the promised land because you've also led a lot of victories in car racing. But I heard a little story that 12 years ago, you got a Christmas present that actually (laughs) created this next, I want to say, other career for you. Tell us about that present. Tell us about this other journey that you've been down for a decade plus, because I know it involves some of your proudest moments in life, including leading your team through this pandemic. It does. uh, uh, And, uh, you know, my my life, just like everyone's life has been turned upside down. You know, my life has definitely been turned upside down, not only from a business perspective, but also from a recreation perspective. Uh, in that, uh, you know, uh, my recreation is driving a race car. Uh, and, you know, I, I, we were, uh, uh, had, had to postpone driving in the 24 hours of Le Mans over in France, or, you know, had to postpone the 12 hours of Sebring, uh, in Florida and some of those things that we had planned. But, uh, yes, my wife gave me a Christmas present. Uh, of a weekend at the track. And even though I was in the car business, I did not realize that a normal person could take their car out on a racetrack and, uh, and, and, you know, drive it in that way. Uh, and it was the funnest thing I'd ever done. Uh, and you know, uh, what a lot of people don't know about me is that, uh, you know, I went through drug rehab twice in high school uh, and what I would say is that my personality is no different now than it was then. Uh, my drug of choice is now driving a race car. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm blessed enough, uh, to be able to afford, uh, an outrageously expensive sport. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've also, you know, uh, yes, I have been successful at it. Uh, you know, I have, uh, I've won uh, all of the biggest sports car endurance races in the world, uh, and uh, that is uh, uh, that's incredible. But uh, I, I totally enjoy the fact that my, you know, I'm a car guy, I'm a gearhead, uh, and, and you know, my 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 business is car related, and my recreation is car related. Uh, uh, and, and that is something that not, uh, not very many people get to, uh, enjoy. You know, Ben, I was reading up on you and saw that you have won so much. So I wasn't going to ask about that because I, that's out there. What I want to know, what's your best story? What's like the, the most adrenaline filled moment, just the, the greatest or height of moments of race car driving? Because I can't imagine being, I'm an adrenaline junkie myself. I love downhill skiing. I love jumping off a cliff or doing something I probably shouldn't be doing never been car racing what's the greatest moment so, that comes to mind i, I mean the, far and away uh, the greatest moment was last june june 2019 in the 24 hours of le mans uh, uh you know it is the the biggest and uh, uh, most historically significant 
endurance sports car race in the world, uh, uh, generally recognized as the uh, uh, the biggest. It's the Super Bowl of endurance sports car racing. Of course. Uh, and one of the things I I love about uh, uh, the, the you know the the endurance sports car racing is that you know I'm I, there is a GT Am category. There's a Pro Am category where I get to you know, compete uh, on the same track, on the same day, in the same race, in the same cars as the guys that make their living doing it, the best professional drivers in the world. Uh, and it's the only sport I know of where, you know, I can literally play in the Super Bowl with the pros and, you know, I have the ability as a normal you know, 48 year old car dealer, uh, to catch the touchdown pass from Tom Brady. Uh, uh, and so, you know, in that race, uh, uh last year, I was the first, uh, uh, privateer to ever race, uh, a four GT. So I was racing one of the new four GTs and I was the first person to race that car that was not a factory program. Uh, so I was the first privateer to race the car and, uh, we came into the race with a strategy, uh, that was really weird from everybody else's plan. Uh, and it played out perfectly. So we had a huge lead at the end of the race and, you know, I have to do a minimum of six hours during the 24 hour race. So I'm out there, uh, on Sunday morning running my time in the car, uh, and just being super careful. So I'm running slow laps just with a a bubble of protection around my car. Just the only thing I can do at this point is to screw it up. And so I am going slow and safe. Uh, and, uh, we got handed a couple of questionable, penalties uh, uh you know i think that this you know my impression is the series wanted to make the race close uh and i'll even go so far as to say i think the series did not want a ford gt to win uh and so you know they called us and for a pit stop we had to change the nose uh i got a penalty for uh spinning my tires leaving the pits so you know we at the end of the race, uh, with one hour to go left in the race, uh, you know, I got two penalties and our three minute lead got shrunk down. And, you know, after I left the pit from the last, uh, penalty, my you know, crew chief, my uh, strategist came on the radio and said, Ben, I'm so sorry, uh, but we still have a chance. And, and, you know, I know him well enough. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? He says, well, you've got Jord Bergmeister behind you in second place, who is one of the most accomplished professional Porsche drivers in the world. Uh, he's 15 seconds behind you. Uh, and, uh, and so I had 20 minutes left in my drive time and, uh, I put my head down. I went from being safe and slow, uh, just protecting our lead to basically a 25 minute qualifying session where I was flat out driving as fast as I could. Uh, and you know, over 20 minutes, 
I gave up 12 seconds to York Bergmeister, but I handed it over to uh, uh, my co-driver with a three-second lead, uh, uh, and that, hands down, is the greatest moment because as an amateur, uh, you dream of being in the biggest race at the end of the race where the whole thing depends on you and you're able to compete well with uh, or against the pros uh, and you know I can say I did it uh, and that was uh, awesome that was very special and no doubt you are a competitor and uh, it is just incredible to hear this story to to understand the victories uh, that you have that you have accomplished in life you know I'm reading this one quote by you Ben uh, for Ben Keating there's there's synergy in being a dealer and racing and here's something you said I have been very successful at selling what I race. And I do believe that. And everyone that hears that story will absolutely understand why. Ben Keating from Keating Automotive Group. We cannot thank you enough for taking the time to come onto the show today. Tell us what's going on and, and share some incredible stories with us. Uh, we hope you stay healthy and stay safe and stay racing and keep winning. Ben, thank you so much. Have a great day. You bet, Dave. You know, Dave, Ben's not just a competitor. He's a winner. That story about Lamont, wow, I'm inspired. I want to be there. I want to see it. You know, Andy, it doesn't surprise me to hear the stories and to hear me how he's overcome so much. Look, he's a true Texan. He's a competitor and he's a leader. And that's why out of 19 dealerships, you know, there hasn't been a panic within his general managers. He's leading them to victory. And that's what it takes to get through any crisis, especially a pandemic like COVID-19. What a great interview. I'm inspired. I'm sure the whole audience out there is going to just, you know, wake up and say, we could do it too. You know, from, from one dealer to another, from one competitor to another. You know, what a great episode today. we got another great episode coming tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, stay healthy and stay safe. Until next time, this is Dealer News Today.